0: So it's isn't it good to be back though? Second Sunday back, it's uh, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, so uh, lots of things happening. First uh, week of school, the last term of school, and what has been a challenging school year for teachers and kids. Um, we had an election yesterday. Uh, that happened, and uh, it's interesting that. Can I just say, like, please keep praying for uh, our leaders. Um, prayer makes a difference. And we're in, we're, our scriptures invite us to like pray for your leaders and um, it is going to be interesting, it's definitely different um, and uh, we would just love God to be nudging our leaders in ways that is, brings blessing into our country but but what an election and there's so much, so much talk about the economy and uh, even just yesterday, listening to the radio, there was an ad that came on. I am Judith Collins, and this election is all about the economy. No, she thinks it's all about the economy. I think everyone had to be talking about the economy. This, this pandemic, it's pushing New Zealand into a recession, and it's going to affect all of us. It is going to affect all of us. The government had already allocated $50 billion to the COVID recovery and response plan. Just to put that in perspective, before the pandemic, the Labor government announced $12 billion spending on infrastructure, and everyone went, oh, we've never ever committed to spending $12 billion on infrastructure, ever. That's, inc- that's so much money. And I've committed $50 billion to this COVID recovery and response And that is going to, if they spend all of that, that is going to have a real impact on our country for a long time, a long time. So I assume that the government will probably start tightening the belt now that the election's over. It's always easy to be generous when you're uh, in in election mode. But economists are warning that potentially 150,000 jobs will be lost in the next 12 months in the country. Lots of challenges. Students that are graduating, there's going to be less opportunity for them for jobs that they've have trained for. Um, recession means that there's just less money going around. There's just less money going around, and it's it will affect us in some ways. There'll be uh, if you're in business, that's going to be challenging. Um, it, businesses that you uh, enjoy uh, what they provide, they may not survive. Uh, there is uh, you might miss out on pay rises, you might get pay cuts, you may get have, you know, be asked to work less days you may even be um, someone who finds that your job doesn 't uh, exist anymore so today, next year, as always, all of us are going to have to be making fresh decisions around money money and we are starting a new series today and we 're calling it money talks money talks and uh, it's just gone real quiet it's like oh no Can gonna talk about money I read, a, I read a great quote about money this week from the actor Steve Martin he says this I love money I love everything about it I bought some pretty good stuff I got me a $300 pair of socks I bought a fur sink. I bought an electric dog polisher. A gasoline powered turtleneck sweater. And of course, I bought some dumb stuff too. <laughs> like some of you may be think, like, why are we talking about money in church? Like, I don't think God should get involved with all this stuff. If there's something I want to buy, I'm I just buy it. My wages and my investments and my spending and my debt, that's my business. God has his business. That's my business. But let me tell you this our money and our engagement with money is very important to God. We decided to do this series a few months back because we could see with this whole pandemic that every one of us is going to be affected financially in this time. And we wanted to plant just some truth and some wisdom in your hearts. And that's always good, isn't it? All right, because money is a big deal. And the Bible has so much to say about money. And how we deal with money is a significant indicator of our spirituality. I'm going to say that again. How we deal with money is a significant indicator of our spirituality. And as your pastor, I want you to have your best life. Your best life in God. And there's so much potential that our engagement with money can bite you in the wallet and bite you in the soul. So today's message, I'm just calling it Money Matters. We're talking about money matters because money matters. It really matters. Relationships explode over money. I've read this week that financial stress is the greatest predictor of marriage breakdown. People get sick because of stress and worry over money. People lose self-confidence because of regrets over decisions related to money. People live without peace because they are constantly discontent with their current financial situation. People grow hard hearts because of how tightly they hold on to what they have. People live in fear that tomorrow they won't have enough. And people behave badly due to unhelpful attitudes towards money. Money matters. I'm going to pray. I think we need to pray. Everyone's looking a bit stunned here. It's like, whoa, this is full on. This is important. Let's pray. God, we just invite you to, uh, to come. We open our hearts to you. God, there are things in life that uh, that bring challenge, but we we want your wisdom. We, we invite you to bring your your heart into our, our heads and hearts, God. Your, your ways would become our ways. Your wisdom would be our wisdom. God, where we have uh, unhelpful ideas, unhelpful ways of thinking about money, God, we pray that you would soften our hearts and lead us into wisdom and lead us into good things. Soften our hearts today, God, so we can hear you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You know, in the Bible, we have a couple of uh, fantastic letters that Paul the Apostle wrote to his young pastor-protege, Timothy. And uh, I love these letters because they are so helpful as a pastor to read what this you know this giant of the faith paul the apostle says to another pastor and he he uh, he, very practical very encouraging as well as encouraging timothy and guiding him in his role he also says here's what you need to teach your people and he talks about a number of things but he says this teach them this he says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. There's another verse in the Bible, in Revelation, it says this, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I don't want any of this for any of us. I don't want you to wander from your faith. I don't want you to pierce yourself with many griefs. I don't want you to get rich only to discover that on the inside you are wretched. Money matters. There's, there's literally thousands of verses in the Bible that talk about money and possessions. There's more about money in the Bible than any other subject. More about money than heaven and hell you know, i know that a number of you are going through this new testament in a year plan so we've kind of got it set up we, we started about uh, two or three months ago maybe a couple months ago and we invited you hey join us so we're all reading through the new testament in a year and we send out on our email that we send out every uh week it just tells you these are the uh the bits we're reading uh through and if you'd like to join in with that, you'll, you'll be kicking in to Luke, which we're in at the, uh, at the moment. And um, so we're in Luke. But in about, in about six weeks' time, we're going to jump into the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is the story of the early church. It's just a, just a story of how the church started and got going. It's, it's incredible. But on every single page in the Book of Acts it talks about money. Every single page it talks about money. Money matters. And uh talking about money though can make us a bit fidgety, can't it? Anyone feeling a little fidgety? Like No? Okay. If you're not feeling fidgety, what I'd love you to do, I'd just love you to turn to the person next to you and just tell them your salary and your your (laughs) debt levels and I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're feeling fidgety now. <laughs> you know, we all have our best ideas about, about money, don't we? About how we engage with it. Let me just ask you this. Where, where have you got your best ideas from? You know, is it Richard Branson, he's made a lot of money. Jeff Bezos from Amazon, you know, he's currently the world's richest man. And he's still the world's richest man, even after his divorce settlement of $36 billion that he had to give to his wife. Is it from your parents, from your friends, from the Kardashians? Some of you are laughing, you go, yeah, Kardashians. Is it from TikTok? I don't know, where, where, where do you get your best ideas you know, when it comes to the way we think about important things, sometimes we think, oh, i just got to figure this out for myself, or maybe I'll read some books, some pretty interesting book titles. I look at some book titles about money. There's one that's called The Simple Guide to Wealth. <laughs> like, how can you take a book like that seriously? Like, that's... Anyway, you might want get to a, get a mentor about about money. So I want to recommend to you a key mentor that I have regarding money. Get your pen out and write this down. It's Jesus. Jesus had so much to say about money. Nearly half of his parables deal with money. Now, you, what do you when you picture Jesus? Well we've got no photos. We've got some interesting pictures that people have done of Jesus and uh but when you picture jesus i bet you you picture him in israel and is it like is it hot or is it cold that's hot do you know that it snows in jerusalem okay anyway this that's not in my notes that's just like that's like if the party gets boring you go like hey did you know that it snows in jerusalem just i'm just i'm just helping you out like parties you know like sometimes you need small talk um, so i'm getting way off track here so like a lot of us we picture jesus in different ways and some of us we just picture him just sort of walking around israel or we might even picture him just maybe floating two inches off the ground around israel and talking about love and throwing out flowers and i don't know what your picture is of jesus but here's the thing that you need to take away you may already know this but It may be easy to think that Jesus didn't understand things about everyday life. That he was just at his head in the clouds and, you know, was all love and flowers. But he was the smartest person ever to live. Jesus was the smartest person ever to live. I'm convinced of this. He knew what life was about. He Jesus was smart. And his wisdom will lead us to our best life. And that is why, for me, I take his words so seriously. And he had a lot to say about money. Always guiding us towards like, a full life, a right life, a life that we're meant to live because he knew how we were, were made and meant to live. Here's, here's a punchline for us from Jesus. Luke 9. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? or forfeit their very self I've got a book on my shelf that was uh, written by St. Gregory the Great in the 7th century he was Pope and uh, it's one of the wisest books I've ever read around um, just giving it's called Pastoral Care about giving advice to pastors as to what they should teach people about life and uh, he, he says something about this verse he says this it's as if the truth plainly said what does it profit a man if he gathers together everything outside himself if he merely damns himself what if you get everything you want and it just amounts to nothing and emptiness yeah, a lot of I've heard that said that a lot of people climb the ladder of success and they get to the top of the ladder only to discover it's leaning against the wrong building. But all of us, we make decisions that we think is best. No one chooses to do the second best thing about our decisions that we make, do we? We we don't have a list of like, I think here's the best thing I could do, here's the second best thing, here's the third best thing, here's the fourth best thing. We don't go like, I think I'll choose the third best thing. We always. We always do what we think is best, don't we? So the question we've got to ask is that is what we think best, is it, is it best? Is it right for us? Because we don't want to be doing things that cause us to forfeit our soul. So with all these thousands of verses that are in the Bible about money, and possessions. We're not going to be able to teach about everything over this short series that we're doing. So I'm just going to focus on just a a couple of things this morning. And as I was thinking about the challenges that that many of us uh, face up here on the coast, um, most of us are not thinking about the problems that having too much money could lead us into. Would that be fair? Here's some of the things that I hear. You know, most of us are just trying to get by. Here's some of the things that I've heard. I don't have enough each week to get by on. I'm scared about not having enough when I retire. I need to work, but it means my kids are in daycare too much. My student loan's getting too big. I have a big student loan, and I can't get a job doing what I train for. I buy stuff to make me feel better, my debt is crippling me, I want to be generous but there's nothing left each week, my washing machine just broke down and I don't have enough savings to replace it, I had to drive to see my family and now I have no money for gas until my next pension comes through. These are things that I hear, so today I just want to talk about just a couple of things. And the heart things. And I want to talk about money and contentment. Contentment. Let me ask this, where are you at on the contentment scale? You have just like just have a think. Like where where are you at on the contentment scale? Like if ten is just completely content, zero is just like it's out of control. So take that take that and listen to some, some wisdom. It's interesting, there's a guy, how many people have heard of Will Rogers, an American actor, from way back? He's like, this guy was great. He said this, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. (laughs) Listen to the wisdom of Jesus. Do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? It's actually the opposite. You know, you worry, and... The constant stress of the worry actually has a negative impact on your health, which can take hours off your life. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. This is an invitation into contentment. You know, here's, just, here's so many people say, like, If I just had $200,000 more, Everything would be okay. The thing is is I hear it from people that have got a little bit and have got a, a bit more and have got a lot. Every I hear it from it doesn't matter how much people have, it's almost like if I just could get that extra two hundred thousand, everything would be okay. Everything would be sweet. And you know, this is what the lotto advertising taps into. Your discontentment. And they try and they try and create discontentment in you. You can quit your job that you don't like, buy a lotto ticket. You can finish off that car project that you haven't been able to finish off. You can do that house renovation. August 1987. What happened? No, you won't get this, that's a mean, mean question. In August 1987, Lotto kicked off in New Zealand. That's 1,733 weeks of lotto. You know, a lot of people spend $20 a week on a lotto ticket. I don't buy lotto tickets. I save $20 every week. With 2% interest, (laughs) I am now ahead by (laughs) $50,000. So I bought a lawnmower. lotto feeds on discontentment. Yeah, I know I could, I could write a number of pages about people I know personally that have lost money on the deal of a lifetime. Looking to get some easy riches. If I could just get some more and lost their money. Contentment is one of the keys to a good life. Discontentment can lead to trouble. Listen to this wisdom from Paul the Apostle because he'd figured this out. He learned to be content and when you hear this listen to this it's this verse I'm going to talk about he says I've learned. He didn't start there it's something he's figured out. He says this Philippians 4 I know what it is to be in need I know what it is to have plenty. So he's Got the, he's seen the spectrum. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he writes to his young pastor, protege, Timothy, and he says this. He says, this is what you need to teach people. 1 Timothy 6. Teach them this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And then he finishes off with what we've already said this morning. You've heard this already. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. If you don't learn to be content, it will bring problems. Eugene Peterson in his message translation of this verse says, this lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. So do you want to learn how to be content? I've got some things down here that may help. Okay, so if you want to jot these down, um, I think on the last slide when it co- comes up, they'll all be there if you want to snap a photo of it. Because uh, I think this will be helpful. Because it's not an, ex- it's not a, uh, an exhaustive list of how to learn to be content. Uh, but I was just thinking, it's one thing to be able to just like quote the verse and say hey church just learn to be content but it's like well what? how do you do that so here's some things that may help and I guess the first thing is that you've actually got to decide that contentment is worth finding you've actually got to decide like well I want this like contentment sounds good to me like really is that achievable is that something I can have I want to be someone who's content. contentment just feels like ah I like the sound of that, and contentment is worth finding. You'll, f- you'll have more peace, you'll have better health, you'll be a more likeable person. I know that that's not a thing for most of you because you're very likeable. But it- contentment impacts your overall quality of life. Second thing I'd encourage you when you're learning to be content is to remember that everything is the Lord's. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who live in it. It's just helpful to have that perspective that everything is owned by God. He's just letting me borrow it for a while. Letting us borrow it for a while. This isn't my house. It's God's house. This isn't my car, it's God's car. When someone crashes into your car, you go to say, God, someone crashed into your car. (laughs) Like, God, what should we do about it? What should we do with your car, with this big thing? Third thing that will help you is if you pray about financial decisions. Jobs or investments or big expenditures, houses, your financial pressure. But pray and find the peace of God. And I know that we're all in different places on our journey of faith. And for some of you might go like, how do you find the peace of God? And I know that's almost like a whole other message. But if that's something you're like, I don't know about that, then we should talk. Because there'd be a lot of people here that know what I'm talking about, where they, they have prayed about things, they have been in situations, and there's been something's just shifted where they've gone from uh, anxiety to peace. And they will say, it just happened. I was just praying, and it just it just happened. And to find that peace around financial decisions, and again, if it's something you don't even know what that looks like, or what that feels like, or how to step into that, then, then, let's 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 journey on this because this is awesome. I made a big financial decision recently. I've been praying about it for two years, and it was just like it was the right time. The peace, the peace of God was on it. Time was right. And of course, we don't just pray without action. We can't just sit down and just pray and then sort of open our eyes and hope something's changed and then sort of, you know, it's like we've actually got to do something as well. We've got to play our part. We pray, we find the peace of God, we do what we believe is right and then we choose to be content with what comes from that. Fourth thing that I think will help you is that when you feel the discontent decide how you're going to respond because I think that when we feel that we often just ignore it because maybe it's so familiar to us we just think that's just how we live but if you feel discontent around financial things then you've got to choose how you respond to that guy called Stephen Covey, he's written a number of books. One of them is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great book. He wrote a book called The Eighth Habit. But there's just this little quote that he, he wrote here that I, I think is really helpful. He says this, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our freedom and power to choose our response. In those choices lie our growth and happiness. I mean, this applies to life. But take it around this money thing. If you feel the discontent, you've got to decide how you're going to respond. When you're feeling discontented around financial things, stop and catch your breath and choose your response. And I know for me, I almost always land in this place, eventually sometimes, it takes longer than others, of like, God, you've got this. You've got me in your hands. You've got this. I trust in you. And the fifth thing that may be helpful to you is know that God is with you and for you. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. This is right... This whole thing is tied right into money. Keep your life free from the love of money because God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God is with you and for you. It's going to be okay. Contentment. Job challenges, God is with you. Financial challenges, financial pressure, God is with you. Big money decisions in front of you. God is with you. Let me just finish with this. Again, this is the wisdom of Jesus. Where he says, he invites us to put our trust in the right thing. Put our trust in the right thing. The key to living well with regards to money always comes down to where you put your trust. You can be rich, and it can be okay, or it can not be okay. You can be poor, and it can be okay, or it can not be okay. The key is where you put your trust. There's a Wall Street stock market crash in 1929. As with any crash... Stock prices were overpriced because of all these different things that was feeding frenzy and everyone was like, I've got to get in on this, I've got to get on this. Everyone was like pouring all of their trust in their shares and there's this stock market crash and people were throwing themselves off buildings because their trust was entirely in their shares in the stock market and so they had nothing life wasn't worth continuing it was all taken from them they lost everything they put their trust in so don't put your trust in money anything in this world can be taken your good looks can be taken young people enjoy the season gravity is real (laughs) few decades of that gravity (laughs) but your health your friends, your money I mean enjoy what God gives to you but don't put your trust in it Jesus says this, this is from the, from the, the great sermon on the mount greatest sermon ever preached, Matthew 6 do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure, there your heart will be also. And Paul, again, takes from the teachings of Jesus, passes it on to his young protégé, Pastor Timothy says this, again, First Timothy 6, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves, as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Take that that home with you today. To do good, be rich in good deeds, to be generous, be willing to share, and in this way we will lay up treasure for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that we will take hold of the life that is truly life today's just an opportunity for us to reevaluate our hearts when it comes to money. Challenging, eh, some of this stuff? It's challenging. And I know, I know money's important. I know we need it. I know seasons can be stressful. But are we trusting in money, or are we trusting in God? Is our hope in money, or is our hope in God? There may be tough times ahead for our country, for our community, for our family, for us personally. Trust in God. Put your hope in God. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Sow into things that will carry into the next life that can't be taken away. Take that away with you today. Why don't we stand together?